Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Lios Enchim Anyavu. Greetings, everyone. May the Creator bless you all. And welcome to my podcast, The Good Do E Medicine Podcast. I'll be your host, Pete Rodriguez. All my native people stand All right. Thank you, everyone, again for tuning in to the podcast, a good to e medicine podcast. Let's get started today. Topics we're going to talk about on this episode, episode four. We're going to do a little quick history of the Yaki and the Yaki people and the Yaki tribe. It's going to be really fast, just so people that don't know can uh, know where we're coming from. And then we're going to touch on a topic of enrollment and blood quantum. So we're going to touch about three topics because we have a lot of questions on our main community page, which is Yaki Community News. We have a lot of questions about enrollment and if we should, how could we enroll and different um, questions about membership. And we just had one come in through our Facebook page from Fresno, California. So shout out to everyone listening out there in Fresno. And we have a couple of people that definitely listen to our radio station on KPYT UMA Radio. We're on the radio, me and a colleague of mine. We have a a show that comes on on every Tuesdays at 3 p.m. So I'm going to do a little plug for that radio show. It's on KPYT UMA Radio. Um, you can find us on the main website. You know what? I'll put a link after we're done with this podcast. I'm going to put a link to our radio station, KPYT UMA Radio, the voice of the Pasquayaki tribe. And I'll put a link down in the description after this. Uh, I'm done with this podcast so you can uh, tune in. And also we have some language classes on there, some language pieces from some of the elders. You can listen in on that but our show my show and me and my colleague we play some music on there so we do a lot of positive music so we feel that reggae is a big um, music genre that we love and it's all positive music feel good so we play a lot of reggae music in our show it comes on every tuesday at 3 p.m mountain standard time so you can tune in i'll put a link how you can tune into that radio station but um yeah you can listen to us on there play a lot of uh, good vibes good reggae music good positive vibes so you can listen to us next week today is june 5th it is my birthday so this is going to be my birthday um podcast episode um a little bit of yaki history a little bit of the blood quantum what it is and a little bit of enrollment so three topics today and so once again going back to the uh, questions we had one from fresno california like i said these questions come in all the time through our facebook page yaki community news i have phone calls that come into our office here on the reservation about being enrolled and we get them from all over California, here in Arizona, from Mexico, actually all over the world. I've gotten calls about enrollment, the process, how to be a member, how to get, you know, be a member of the tribe. 
And one question, just recently, the last one that came in through our Facebook page was, came in from Fresno. And the question was, how do I enroll? From my understanding is that I'm Yaki and my grandparents are from Hermosillo, Sonora, Mexico. Hopefully we can answer some of those questions for you today on this episode, episode number four. So this podcast is going to be dedicated to answering some of those questions. So really quick, I went to enrollment today and I went to go get a um, apply for my enhanced tribal card, ETC card, because I'm going to be taking a trip to the Loma de Bakum in Sonora. So that's coming up. Um, Let's see. That's coming up this end of this month. I believe it's the 30th we leave. And then also we're going to come back on the 3rd, right before the 4th of July holiday. So we, I'm definitely going to do a podcast on that trip to the Loma de Bakum. So stay tuned for that. Maybe we'll get that going episode, I'd say six or seven. We'll do a podcast. Maybe we'll do even a podcast live remote from um, the Loma de Bakum. Maybe we'll interview some, a couple of people from the the villages out in uh, Sonora, Mexico. You know what? That's a great idea. It's just coming to me like all these ideas. So we're to do these podcasts. So that's going to be a great idea. So I'm looking forward to that trip that's coming up at the end of this month. We're going to the Loma de Bacum. So stay tuned for that episode. We're going to start today's podcast with a brief um, Yaki history. It's going to be really quick, but I'm going to touch on some dates and some important, you know, events that happened in the Yaki history. Like I said, I went to enrollment. I picked up a pamphlet they hand out there and it answers some questions about tribal history and a little bit of membership requirements for the Yaki tribe. First, we're going to start with a brief Yaki history in the beginning by reading a story. It's called the Surem and the Talking Tree story because I like stories and I believe everyone likes loves listening to stories and this is also a tradition oral tradition we pass down stories from generation to generation um, this was done by our ancestors and hopefully this podcast can be part of that sharing stories from not only myself but um, friends and soon we're gonna be uh, getting some interviews on here as well and they're gonna be sharing their stories as well so we're gonna do a quick story. This story is called Surems and the Talking Tree. It has been many centuries in times long gone that the Yaquis were not as they are now. They were Surems, a very little people that lived in Cerro, Surem, and Sonora. The Surems were a peaceful, quiet people who couldn't stand noise and violence. One day, the people noticed a tree that seemed to be making noises in a strange language. This tree was a one big ash-colored palo verde, which was growing in the middle of the region on Amtema Kawi. While the villagers gathered around, the leaders attempted to communicate with the talking tree. However, it was of no use. Not even the most important leader could interpret the message. During this time, a very young girl, Yomomoli, kept tugging at her father's hand and whispering that she could understand the talking tree. At first, her father ignored her. Then he became angry at her insistence. Her father said, All right, you will do it in front of the, all of the village. You will interpret what the tree is saying, and then you will be punished publicly for your foolishness. So, 
Yumomoli sat down close to the tree and translated word for word what the prophetic tree foretold for their future. It warned of the coming of the white man and armor and new weapons. It told of the coming of much strife and bloodshed against these intruders and others and of much suffering for a long long time among the Surems, but that they would eventually overcome these adversaries. It told of the coming of modern man's trains. A road will be made of steel with an iron monster on it. It told of much, much more to come. Then it said, there will be much suffering for years, much noise and confusion. You must decide what to do. For those among you, who cannot stand noise you have a choice of leaving if you do not want to face such a future so the surems divided into two parties and those who could not stand such a future walked away some say they walked into the sea and lived there still others say they they turned into black ants and live underground under the hills those surem who stayed eventually grew taller and changed into the yakis as they are now as we are now and they are strong enough to fight the spaniards when the time came the one part that stands out to me on that story of the surem and the talking tree that was told to me that the rest stayed the rest of the surem stayed and they grew big and strong to defend the people and the land and all of the creatures large and small that are living on the land and the sea and that's us the yaki of today the modern yaki so that's um, very important to me that we are we grew into the yaki we are today very strong very good fighters to protect everyone so to me we are all the original protectors of the land and we are the descendants of the original defenders of the land so that's our i would say that's our role that's a very important part of the story that was told to me that we are protectors of the land of all the creatures the land the people that's very important for me personally that i'm a, a protector of the land protector of the people the history the, the culture and one of the many reasons i started this podcast to get that message out hopefully to people that they can uh, you know realize that that's what we're here for and to protect the land and the sea and our people so going back to our history in the 1530s we had our first contact with the colonizers and the first contact was general guzman it was around 1530 and they came to the yaki lands and this general went up to the yaki leaders at that time and according to history and the stories the yaki leader came up to general guzman and he drew a line in the sand and he said up to this line and as far as the eye can see in these three directions is yaki land and no invaders will be allowed to enter after the yaki leaders made that statement a fierce battle ensued what the first colonizers and the spaniards were defeated they were defeated and they went away describing the yaquis as the fiercest fighters in the new world i believe because we were ready to fight we grew strong and ready to protect our land our people like i said and everyone on it everything on it so moving forward a little bit after the colonizers our first contact we um definitely started fighting our our long history of defending our land and our people began around 1530 and with the colonizers came the uh the jesuit priests came around 
And around 1617, we started, around the 1600s, uh, more missionaries started coming to our lands. And the Uemet did take what we wanted from the Jesuits and made it our own. So that's where our religion and our culture today is so beautiful because we weren't fully assimilated to the the missionaries, the Catholic uh, religion. We took, we kept a lot of our indigenous um, religion. You see a lot of the uh, indigenous culture that we kept in our religion and we combined it. We took what we wanted. Everything else like, no, we don't want that. We don't want that. We were going to keep what we wanted. And moving forward to about the 1700s, about 1720, we're moving forward north a little bit to Tumacacuri is a mission here in Arizona. And the Yaqui people live there around 1720. It's been recorded. Some of the first ceremonies were, Lenten ceremonies were held in Tumacacuri around 1720. A lot of Yaqui um, people were living in that area. And I'm going to talk about a little bit later about a really interesting database to have there in Tumacacuri in that mission. Because that was a very important mission here in the Arizona Territory, the Tumacacuri mission. So going forward a little bit. And another important part of the Yaqui history is the Porfiriato was a period in the history of Mexico when power was held by General Porfirio Diaz around 1876 to 1911. Actually, this was a very, very, there's been a lot of battles. So this was one of the worst ones. This was a 34 years that General Porfirio Diaz held power there in Mexico. And this was a time when, um, Diaz ordered a genocide against the Yaqui people and mainly to take over these rich lands the Yaquis had. And of course, we said no. We drew that line in the sand and the dirt and said, no, you will not cross this area like in the beginning on the first contact. So, of course, battle ensued. They wanted to take over mainly the rich lands the Yaqui had right there in the Rio Yaqui, the Rio Yaqui Valley is a very, very fertile land. It's um, all of the minerals that come from the mountains and they come down into the Yaqui River in Rio Yaqui and it overflows into the, to the land, making the land very fertile. So it's very, very fertile land in right there in Rio Yaqui and it is to this date. So a lot of the, a lot of the, our Yaqui people are farmers and they have a lot of wheat and corn in that area so it's very fertile so Porfirio Diaz wanted this land so this uh, genocide continued and the battles and the wars so this continued for 34 years so during this time some of the Yaquis were deported to the Yucatan and many many people mainly women and children died on the way to deportation to the Yucatan in southern Mexico some of them never made it back home some prefer to die and a lot of Yaqui Men and women, they'd rather die, so they jumped into the sea and drowned than rather be enslaved because Porfirio, during this time, he wanted to enslave the, the Yaqui people. So I'm going to share a Diaz quote with you. The Yaquis are the most stubborn fighters on earth. We must strike at the root of their race. We must exile their women and children. Well, that was a quote from General Diaz about the Yaqui people being the most stubborn fighters in the world.
So we're going to continue and move forward into history and a little bit forward into modern time. We could go on into the history a lot about the Yaki people and the history. But for this episode, we're just going to touch on a couple of key dates and times. So a little known fact, moving forward in 1926, the Yaki people were still being hunted in Tucson and Guadalupe and their scalps were being sold in Nogales. So to put into perspective, that was only about 100 years ago, maybe two generations for perspective. This was still going on. So continuing nearly 500 years later, we Yaki people have battled at least three separate government armies following periods of brutal war, massacre, deportation, slave labor, a policy of extermination, um, genocide, also uh, separation. Okay, I wanted to touch in it a little bit about the misconceptions of the Yaki people that we were political refugees. This is the first misconception um, that we are not refugees. We did not travel to avoid conflict or seek shelter. We traveled to other established Yaki and land-based settlements that were already further north that we're already here, like I, I mentioned in Tumacacuri around the 1720s. We traveled to these areas to work and also to buy um, ammunition for the efforts back home in um, Rio Yaqui and together to gather food or to grow some food and needed supplies to further the cause of the Yaqui people being persecuted in the warring area back home. So we were not political refugees, we were just moving forward to, like I said, gather food, ammunition, and to meet up with other established um, settlements here further north. And some stayed, some went back. So another important date I wanted to talk about moving forward is, and this is going to lead and segue into the, um, the other topic of enrollment in blood quantum. First, we must touch on e, our federal recognition of the Yaki tribe, which happened on September 18th in 1978. That's when we gained tribal recognition after our tribal leaders at that time attempted uh, to gain federal recognition here in the state of Arizona, and we were successful on September 18, 1978. And with that recognition, we were granted a land 202 original acres for the reservation here on Tucson, southwest of Tucson, 202 original acres. So that was a brief, really brief history of the Yaqui tribe. So I wanted to touch on a couple of, you know, important dates and times in the history and read a little story of the talking tree um, to the listeners out there to get an idea of the Yaqui and the Yaqui history and all were recognition and uh, the battles and the different types of uh, things we uh, Yaqui as people we went through. So now I'm going to change to another topic. The second topic is going to be blood quantum and what it is. So blood quantum means a specific blood degree of native blood required to meet membership requirements. So that's the definition. But really, you look into it to who made this blood quantum, the requirements. It was made by the U.S. government. So the U.S. government uses this way to determine, you know, who is considered native or not. And the government wants to eliminate those monies from the tribe. So this is a, another tool they use the government to determine how much money um, the tribes get. So as the blood quantum goes down, the money that goes to the tribe goes down. So that's a little bit about the blood quantum. 
So going back to federal recognition during that time in 1978, during the whole process of gaining federal recognition, the tribe established a base role of uh, tribal members. And I'm going to put a link after this uh, podcast down in the description where you can actually go see the base role. So this is going to help you when you're trying to do your, I guess, family tree and uh, track back your lineage, establish your your requirements if you're trying to become a member of this tribe, the Yaki tribe. So this base role happened in 1978, and it's the base role of membership. And this happened during the during the process of gaining federal recognition. So membership requirements for the tribe, like I said, I went into the uh, enrollment department today and I got some uh, information and literature to share with you. So this is coming directly from the enrollment department and all this information is available also as well on their site. And I'll put a link down below on the description to membership. Anyone whose name appears on the original on the original base roll date dated 9-18-1980 or applied for and was approved for membership under the Open Enrollment Act of 1994. So that would be anyone that's included in the current role. And also, or a person that is a direct lineage descendant, a straight line or a collateral blood relation of the original role or the Open Enrollment Act. Going back to the blood quantum, you must have at least one quarter Yaki blood. And the last requirement, you must be a U.S. citizen. So I'm going to read a little bit of the definitions right off the pamphlet. So the definition, uh, direct lineal descendant means one who is the descendant in a straight line from an ancestor who is or was a Pascua Yaki tribal member. And collateral, I had a question about that. Collateral relatives shall consist of siblings, aunts, uncles, and cousins who are a blood relation to a member listed on the original base or current role, collectively referred to as the membership role of the Pascoyaki tribe. And again, they must possess one quarter Yaki blood and are citizens of the United States. So you can read all of the membership requirements. I'm going to put the link down below and there's a lot of information on the links. So again, most importantly, you need to find your lineage to that base role or someone that is on the current role that um, applied during the Open Enrollment Act of 1994. So when you apply or doing the application, you're going to need as much information as possible about your history, your family, your family tree. You're going to need all their names or addresses, their contact information. You're going to have to make a family tree and you're going to have to prove that lineage. You're going to need birth certificates, as many documents um, as you possibly can. You're going to these are a requirement by the enrollment department and they're going to request it or as needed. So you're going to have to get as many of those documents that I just mentioned when you do apply or request more information about uh, becoming a member of the tribe. So the main thing is you're going to have to prove that lineage for either from the base role or the current role of someone that has been a member of the Yaki tribe during that open enrollment as well in 1994 okay lastly everyone thanks thanks for listening this far i think i went a little bit over i think it's really important about these uh couple of topics um we had so we touched on the history uh, a little bit of blood quantum 
and some enrollment requirements. So I just want to finish up. And lastly, what is Yaki-ness or to be Yaki? Our ancestors were indigenous and roamed the original territories from uh, southern Mexico all the way to north to Colorado and west to what is now um, called California and here in Arizona. So we've been here since the beginning of time. Again, no matter where you find yourself, uh, we consider, you know, the area Rio Yaqui in Sonora, the original homelands. Even though Yaqui people were in what is now northern Mexico and Arizona before all of the colonization, we were already here in these areas. So remember, uh, important part of our history also when you're doing your, uh, if you're doing uh, trying to gain enrollment or trying to become a, a member and you run some roadblocks, just remember that. The Yaki were persecuted, hunted, and murdered, men, women, and children, and many of them did flee. Um, many families were broken up. Many changed their last names, actually their surnames, as a means of survival. It's just the name of that of you being Yaki made you a target and a wanted person. Again, Yaki, strong, to me it means being resilient. And the definition of resilient is, according to the dictionary, is able to withstand or recover quickly from difficult situations. I think the definition of the dictionary should read, resilience, yaki. So we are resilient, we're survivors, and going back to the original stories of the talking tree, we're the protectors, the protectors of the land, the original protectors. And again, no one can take that away from you, no matter where you live or how much blood quantum the government says you have so be proud be yaki be proud of your history your culture make your ancestors proud and uh i have a couple of resources down below a link to the original roll call base roll call or you can see the original base roll call where that'll help you on your quest for your history and also the last link is really Really cool link. It's called Mission 200, and there's a link down there, and it's a database. And going back to Tumakakuri, one of the original base settlements here of the Yaqui people and the Jesuit missionaries we were helping along the way back around the 1700s, there's a, a database established, and I'll put the link down below as well. It's called Mission 200, and that's a database there in Tumakakuri that you can, it's online. You can uh, do a search by tribal affiliation there's other tribes there that are in that that database but you'll want to you can look up by either surname i usually look up by a surname tribe uh you can look up by first name so it's a huge database of everyone that was either baptized confirmed deaths it's a huge database that was uh, compiled there by the mission in tumakakuri and there's a lot of records of the yaki our yaki descendants our ancestors and it's a really good resource so there's a, a link down below it's called mission 200 thank you for listening to this podcast on this one was a little bit about yaki history really brief history the blood quantum what it is and also the enrollment, you know, becoming a member of the tribe. We have a lot of questions. Hopefully I answered some of those. If not, you can find the resources on the links down below. Thank you very much and make it a great day.